Hello, and welcome back to Hope Reclaimed. I'm your host, Ellie Hope Herringshaw, and I'm glad that you're here today. It's on this podcast that we talk about active and practical ways that we can step into healing from divorce, betrayal, and trauma. Because Jesus has already extended healing to us, and sometimes it's our job to reach out and receive that healing for ourselves. We're continuing our series today on family dynamics, and I'm going to be talking with my friend Tori. When she was very young, her parents went through a divorce, and she's going to be sharing her story here on this podcast. Now, a lot of you have gone through divorce, and maybe you have kids. There's a lot of fear around that, or maybe you yourself are a child of divorce, and there's healing that needs to happen in that. God is able and willing to extend healing in every aspect of our life, and this is no exception. Enjoy this episode and be encouraged. Tori, I wish that we were sitting across the table from one another. I know. I, I wish know. <laughs> Hashtag self-quarantine. Oh we're going 20- like, to look back at this and we're going to be like, remember that time we recorded the podcast in the middle of like quarantine? <laughs> it's a strange time in the world, but we are here. We are Hope Reclaimed is continuing. We are doing things. And I'm with my friend Tori. Hi, friends. Hi, how's it going? I'm, you know what? We're doing it. I love we you are. so much. We've been talking about doing this, this series for a long time. I've been talking about it. And, and I've really wanted the perspective of somebody who has not experienced divorce personally, but has felt the ripple effects of divorce. And you're one of those people, unfortunately. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, where, where your, your parents got divorced and Mm. man, this is a really tough topic because it's not your experience, but it is your experience. Yeah. And, and so, man, it's really, it's a really, really tough topic. So thank you for being here and being willing first of all. And how, I mean, we, we were talking before we were recording about what this is like for you and how you're like managing this. Mm-hmm. Is there anything you want to say kind of before we start about yeah. the foundation of what we're going to talk about today? Yeah, I think for me, I think even when you asked me, I had so much clarity like, yeah, like the Lord has done so much in my life and um really opened my eyes to a lot of things, but even when I think about like the topic of divorce and being a child of divorced parents and um, there's traffic around that in the, in the sense of like, I have to be honoring because it's not my story. And um, I don't know every even aspect of my parents' divorce and um, how that all went down. And that's none of my business really, because it's not me, Um, but it does affect me and it does affect my siblings and it affects relationships in the future for me and my siblings. And um, I think that's kind of like the blurry line of like, how, how can I communicate my perspective without, um, with, with still being honoring in the same sense? Yeah. Yeah, that is, I mean, it is really tough. And, and on my podcast, I really do do try to say a lot that we are not here to share other people's stories. We're not here to share intent. Mm -hmm. We're not here to, to imply intent or meaning behind someone else's story. And that's a really tough thing when we're talking about divorce, when we're talking about infidelity, we kind of can just share the facts that we know from our <laughs> and personal, then from yeah, our pers- mm-hmm. yes, from our personal experience and our personal perspective. 
but the ripple effects of divorce just are so big and Mm -hmm. unfortunately, and when children are involved, lives are changed. And that's clear. That wasn't, that was in your, your situation. So how, how old were you when your parents got divorced? I was four. Okay. That's like very little. (laughs) Yeah. And how old are you now? I'm 23, almost 20 years later. (laughs) Yeah. So why don't you share a little bit about what that experience was like in, in, you know, splitting time with parents, even I know that your parents have gotten remarried, um, Mm -hmm. again, without sharing intent, kind of just generally, what has this experience been like for you? Yeah. So uh, I get asked that question a lot, I think, because I, I have friends that have divorced parents as well. But, um, one of the things people ask is like, how was it, um, growing up and being so little, like when your parents got divorced. And I think for me personally, I don't really know anything much different. I don't really Mm -hmm. remember my parents together. Um, I like, I kind of remember like going to my grandma's like the first, like around the first kind of time, um, for like a weekend and it was a party. Like I'm hanging out with my grandma, you know, not really like anything crazy. Um, but other than that, I, I think it was just like a way of life for me. And it was just something that was so normal. So my parents um, got divorced when I was four and they split custody. My mom had me most of the time and my dad had me every other weekend, um, me and my brother. So I have a brother who also has the same mom and dad as me. Um, and so we did that back and forth um, from when we were little up until almost 18 um, where we would go to school. My mom is from Wilmer. And so we would live there and then, um, go to school and do all the things. And then every other weekend, go to my dad's house and come back. They lived like two, two and a half, three hours kind of in that range, um, hours apart. So it was like driving back and forth every other weekend. So it was a little different. Totally. Uh, for, for a kid. I, I think it was easier before like middle school and high school when like we had friends parties and right. um, birthday things and or, like going to a game or something that you want yeah. to go to. Yeah. Like, hey, Tori, you want to go to like the football game this weekend? No, can't like I have my dad this weekend. And yeah. Um, yeah. I think there was like, there was hard things with that, but then also like we enjoyed going to my dad's and we enjoyed being hmm. like that. So. Yeah. And so that was you and your brother kind of just going like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And yeah, my parents both got remarried um when we were still pretty long, like five, six. Um, they both remarried. Um and yeah, that I don't know what else to say about yeah. that. <laughs> <laughs> well, and that changes the dynamic as well. Yeah. And mm-hmm. um and so when there's you know when there's remarriage in it and then it, you're bringing other other children, other family members yeah. into the situation. Mm-hmm it complicates dynamic and, and I mean, divorce by nature complicates the dynamic because it's a breaking apart in a sense. And, um, and I, I mean, traveling that far every other weekend must've been really challenging. Like practically, did you have like, did you have stuff at your dad's or did you have to like pack up? And I've always wondered that what that was like for people because, um, I'm, I mean, I'm grateful that my, my parents are still together. Um, mm-hmm. but what, 
what was that like? Like practically, did you pack things up and? Yeah, I think that there was, there was, we had different like segments of different things, I think. So um, from what I remember, we started out where all of my stuff was at my mom's mm-hmm. and we would pack like a bag for the weekend Yeah, and kind of do it that way. And then it kind of started happening where like, I'd leave things at my dad's. Totally. And then, um, like my mom would be like, bring them back. Like we paid for that, <laughs> like kind of like that back and forth, kind of a mess. Um, yeah. and then when my dad started living with my stepmom and they moved in together and married and all of those things, I had space there. So it was like, my dad had some clothes for us and then my mom had some clothes, but then even then it's like you grow up and you like, I really like this white shirt I have and I really want to wear it for this. And so it's like kind of bargaining with like, can I bring this? And like, okay, bring it back. Like that kind of thing. Um, I think, yeah, there's, there was, there was a lot of like weird things in that space Mm -hmm. of like, I didn't really feel like I had like my own stuff always like one part like one place yeah. or the other was very much like um this is from dads and this is from moms and it and it does like as I like look back at it I don't even think like I don't even process this part like yeah like I don't think about those little things like like my parents getting upset about like who has stuff wherever mm. like and I think as a kid it probably affected me more than like now where I'm like well like I know like that that argument or like that time in my life that wasn't like a reflection of who I am right yeah but like in that space I was like so confused I just wanted my shirt or I just wanted like my headband or so I think yeah I think even before you asked that I wasn't even thinking about those practical things right like of like how did we do that and I think yeah, it was just well. It, I mean, that, that makes sense because it was your way of life. <laughs> yeah, and 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 you know, in a sense, you were doing kind of like a transient life mm-hmm. in a way, and um, and I think it's it's even more extreme for those people that are that are doing fifty fifty. Mm-hmm. Um, that 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 must get kind of dicey and kind of complicated. Yeah. yeah. Um, can I ask practically, how did you guys do <clears throat> holidays, and what was that like? So. To my understanding, I I think they did every other holiday. So it was okay. like so it was like my mom had me for Easter this year, my dad had me for Thanksgiving, and then my mom had me for Christmas Eve, and then my dad had me Christmas Day, and then the next year it would flip. Yep. To my understanding. I yeah. I mean <laughs> You probably could have yeah. It all got it all got com- and it adds complication when when you have um, not only are my parents divorced and I have two Christmases now and two Thanksgivings, but my parents are remarried and they have family. So it's like you have four Christmases and like, you know, it's just like navigating that. I think even like as an adult, I was like, I, that was awful. Like going back and forth, my Thanksgiving to like after Christmas, like every weekend was like a different it's a different family thing. Yeah, a different family thing. Because how many Travel. siblings? Lots of traveling. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> because because how many siblings do you have? Now I have twelve. <laughs> yeah, 12 that's siblings. a lot. So now I've navigated. Okay, so when I graduated from high school, I I remember having this conversation with myself. Like I, 
will not do like five Christmases. <laughs> I'll do like one or two. And it's too much. It's too much. And it's, it's, it's hard because how do you navigate that? I like, yeah. I, like, I, I feel so much for my parents. Like they, they all wanted to like spend that time with us, but like, there's not really an answer. There's not a book on like yeah. how to provide that time and how to um, make it less stressful. And um, selfishly, you want to have Christmas with your kids and on all avenues and you want to go to grandma's house and get all the presents under the tree. And um, I mean, I remember like there was times where we like had our own baskets and we just like went to Christmas to Christmas, and just, like loaded them up. And it was just like, basically like Halloween. <laughs> it's like yes, trick yeah, or treating kind of, for Christmas. Yeah, that's kind of how it felt. And hmm. um, I think there was like aspects as a kid, like probably from like five to like 12 where it was like this is awesome I have all these presents like yeah and but then there's like trickiness in that because it's like I get presents at my dad's house that I have to keep at my dad's house right and I get presents at my mom's house that I have to keep at my mom's house and I couldn't really like bring them back and forth and um I'd be like really excited about like I had like six Christmases this weekend guys like come back from like winter break people are like what and I don't know. I think it was just different and it's different. Um, a lot of my friends that were like kids that had divorced parents, their parents lived in the same city. And so it was just like, Hey, you want to come over to my house? Like I'm at my dad's like today and tomorrow, yeah. like you'll come over to my dad's instead of my mom's. And so it was just like weird to navigate that aspect, but wow. Yeah. Complicated. It is complicated. <laughs> And I think that, and that, that's why I want to have this conversation too. I think that's, there's, and, and it looks different for each person. It looks different for each situation. Yeah. And, and I love, I love what you were saying of kind of just knowing and needing to sort of assess what you need mm-hmm. and what's best for you. Yeah. And, and maybe you can't have that as a child, yeah. but <clears throat> that can come later as an adult. where you do want to spend time with your family and you do want to spend time with your siblings and, but that's going to look different Mm -hmm. and, and kind of needing to just say, okay, I need to kind of assess what I need. Um, and that's going to even be more complicated Mm -hmm. if you decide to get married (laughs) and you have to, and then you have to handle that with, you know, with your future spouse. Yeah. Um, and, and assuming that maybe he has, parents that are married, like yeah. even that, like adds to exactly, you know, exactly. Yeah. So. It's, it's incredibly complicated. Yeah. Um, but, but speaking of that, um, how has this dynamic of divorce in your family, how has that shaped your theology of marriage? Is marriage something that you want? <laughs> Is marriage something that you believe in? I'd love to hear. Yeah, I think, I think this is a question that I've gotten asked before. I mean, even by like guys I've dated um, Mm -hmm. where it's like, does this make you not want to get married? Does this make you scared to date? Like, I don't know. And I think I wish I had a lot more clarity on that, (laughs) to be honest. And I wish I had all of the answers. Um, And I think it's something I'm still navigating as a 23-year-old um, not currently dating and not, um, have had relationships in the past and have, um, I think there's parts of me that haven't fully processed all of like how divorce has affected me relationally even. 
Um, and so I think, I think to answer your question, I, when I first started dating is like in high school and right out of high school, my, my, my view of marriage and relationship was very skewed. Um, because all I kind of saw was a lot of brokenness and, Mm -hmm. um, and a lot of fear was, um, kind of in my, in my mind of like, I don't want to put my kids through this someday. I don't want to be in a relationship and then decide it's not worth it. And I think that's not at all like the perspective from people who get divorced that it's like not worth it to like fight. Um, but I think from kids point of view, um, like we don't fully understand how it all happened and, um, and which is so rightfully so like we shouldn't as a four or five, six, 10, 12 year old, however old you are, like your brain isn't actually fully developed enough to understand all the repercussions of a divorce. And like, this is really hard, but it does affect you as a kid. So it's Mm -hmm. like, how can, how could you have gotten it explained to you that wasn't confusing, but also wasn't fully the whole story to guard your heart a little bit. So I think um, in that sense, I I now, to answer your question, (laughs) um, I now, I want to get married. That's like such a burning desire in my heart. Um, But I think I'm still navigating um, those pains and those hurts. And um, I tend to walk away when things get hard because I don't want to get hurt. um, And I don't want to hurt somebody else um, in the process. And so I think that my, my area, like my take in that area is like a little like, sometimes I'm like really clear on like where I'm at. And then sometimes I'm like, Oh, this is like really hard. Yeah. yeah. So I don't fully know. And I think that that's okay. <laughs> yes. I also think that that's okay. And I think the place that you're in right now is a really healthy place <clears throat> of, because you're not just rushing into something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I talk a lot about when you're rushing into a relationship to get something from that person or to feel validation Mm -hmm. that that is not healthy and that's not okay. And it happens way, way, way Way more than, than is necessary, Um, you know, and whether that's from getting out of another relationship or whether that is, um, you know, even just in your case where, you know, you haven't necessarily, you haven't gone through a divorce, praise the Lord, but to, to want to feel a validation that maybe you didn't experience as a child to try yeah. to feel that within a, rom- yeah. a romantic relationship. That's not healthy. Mm-hmm. And that does happen <laughs> with people yeah. on the other end, not to just rush or not, not to just avoid it off on yeah. a relationship and say, well, I'm mm-hmm. just going to be, I, I'm going to build up walls and I'm not going to mm-hmm. allow anyone in, um, for the fear that maybe this would happen. Yeah. Um, because I think you're, you're to your point that children shouldn't know Mm-mm. everything that goes yeah. on and that's healthy. <laughs> that's good yeah. because if a parent is sharing everything with their kid, that's going to build walls with them and the other spouse or, you know, yeah. I mean, it's just going to be it's messy. <laughs> and I think that that does happen a lot mm-hmm. where, where there's a, there's some talk back and, and you know, just a lot of anger. I mean, there's tons of anger in divorce a lot of times. Um, 
I know that there was for me <laughs> and I didn't have yeah. kids. Yeah. Um, and so I just, I can't imagine what that would be like. <clears throat> so I just think that that's a really important point. So yeah, yeah. I yeah. think I, I'm, I'm praying that someday that man will come for you. Yeah. You know, same. same. <laughs> um, and I think even like when, as you're saying, like the two different spectrums, I think I've, I've been in both sides where I've like mm-hmm. definitely seeked a relationship to fill in those gaps. Like, am I worthy of love? Am I like worth it? Like, am I like my parents? Am I going to get divorced? Kind of like to prove it, like almost right. like where I'm at. And then yes. I've also been in seasons where I'm like, back up, like I'm, I'm <laughs> going to get hurt. I, I don't want to yeah. do this. And I think I'm in a healthy place right now where I, I actually know my worth and I'm learning more and more every day. Um, but I do know that I'm like worthy of love and I deserve somebody who's going to reciprocate that to me, um, in an equal way. And so that's kind of where I'm at now. That's really good. I love that. Just waiting, waiting. Yeah. And, and we're not, we're not even saying in this either that like marriage is the goal. No, absolutely not. not. Marriage is not the goal. The goal Mm. is, is divine and beautiful connection with the Lord wholeness and wholeness and restoration and communion with him. And a lot of times that does mean in a marriage relationship, but that doesn't necessarily Mm. mean that. So I always try to make that clear. Yeah. There won't be some like, I'm married now. I have this whole new like idea of who I am. No, I think that that comes something that we're told that is maybe going to happen. And then we're like, ah, yeah, that's I mean, I, that, that, that's the narrative that we can build from Disney movies and from, you know, like, oh, we're, you know, we're like Cinderella and like cleaning the floors and then we meet the guy and then we become the princess. Yeah. Oh, that, like, no, that's not, not what it is. <laughs> like, that's not what it is. The Girl, Lord you're has, a princess right yes. now. <laughs> <laughs> it's not, yeah, it's not, we find the person and then we find our worth. It's, yeah. Let's get alone with the Lord and let's know who we are. Let's let's really dig into the identity of who he's created us to be and then maybe that will come. And that's beautiful if it does and it's also beautiful if that's not what God has for us or not what we want. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Because it's yeah, this is <laughs> why do all of my podcasts end up talking about like relationships and singleness? <laughs> because it's possible to have a beautiful and totally like fulfilled glorious life without a relationship yeah anyway I think that one of the reasons it always comes up is because it is important whether like you are divorced whether you have gone through a divorce in like my way of like experiencing it from like my parents or like anyway like that underlying like worth like line right there where I feel like we don't measure up like that is across the board, I think, something that everybody feels mm. and everybody experiences. And I think that whether like we're really, really like healthy or whether we're not, I think that that line still is there in the middle and we're just still trying to navigate that. And so I think it always comes up because it's so important. To, like, yeah, understand. that's that's really good. So like what we really have to do is have a revelation of yeah. the love of the Father. Yeah. Kind of going back on track here. Yeah. <laughs> when we when the, when we've had kind of a breakdown of parental figures and how God has designed love to be, which is mm-hmm. a covenant between a man and a woman um for life and then yeah. 
And that is his design for marriage, that it is forever. Mm -hmm. And when there's that breakdown and when we have felt hurt by, by family and friends, particularly parents, that can also be reflected on the father's love and that the enemy takes that and he can, he can hold that to us and say, see, God doesn't love you or he doesn't have a plan and a purpose for your life. Yeah. And I want to hear from you what that was like. What have you learned about the father's love after seeing your parents maybe, and I, and I don't mean this as disrespect to your parents, but, but, you know, not live out God's full intent for their lives and for their marriage. And that comes from a divorced person who, I, I mean, I was, I was divorced. God's full intent for my marriage was that I would live, yeah. you know, I would live all of this life with my husband and that didn't happen. Um, so what have you learned about the father's heart despite yeah. what other people, other people's choices? Up until very recently, actually, I've had like revelation on this. And I think that there was like this underlying, like I, for a lot of years thought my parents divorce was my fault. And I think that that as like a divorce, like kid, um, I don't know what, what, what do you call it? Divorce mm. kid, maybe, I don't know, kid <laughs> product of divorce. I don't know. <laughs> like word that. Um, I think a lot of us, um, and I don't want to speak for everyone, but I think a lot of, a lot of us feel like it was our fault because it was a lot of secret and a lot of like, oh, now we're like not together and it's weird. And then we'd act out and then we'd get in trouble. And then, you know, and so, Hmm. um, up until when I did like a soul care session actually through Grove, um, last year, I think, was that last year? I don't even remember. Yeah. Uh, And soul, soul care. I just want to explain it a little bit. It's a, it's basic, it's an inner healing kind of prayer ministry. Um, it's out of, um, something called Sozo and you meet with somebody and they, they just help to, um, to reveal and, and facilitate an area where the Lord can reveal lies that are deep within us based on experiences. And then we, and then, um, they invite the Holy Spirit to fill that area with truth and the real truth about who we are. So it's a um, kind of like a trained sort of prayer ministry. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. No, it's okay. Um, no, that's good. Um, so in that, I think the the underlying lie that I just kept coming back to is like, I'm not worthy of love mm-hmm. in any aspect of my life, whether it's like from my parents, from friends, like I just like don't deserve that kind of like yeah, level of wow. love. Um, from like a romantic stance, like from any way. Um, And I just like kept coming back to that. And I like didn't even want to say it out loud because I'm like, of course I'm like worthy of love. Of course I'm worthy of love. You know, you just get it like spoken over you and you just like almost just say it and you don't necessarily believe it. And so I like said that I was like, yeah, I like don't believe that. Like I'm worthy of that. And we ended up being able to like with Holy Spirit, like trace it back to like, Mm. I believed that like, all these things in my life, especially like my parents' divorce was my fault. Mm. Um, and like that, that's why it didn't work out. And like, there was no evidence of like, Tori, this is all your fault. Like there was nothing said in that moment, but just like Mm. that burden of feeling like I had something to do with it or like I could have made it easier or like, what Mm. if I would have been better in, in every like specific instance, um, and then it like trickled to like other things in my life, but yeah. really being able to like ask the Lord, like, um, 
almost like forgiving myself for believing that I was the cause of that Mm. and that that's not my fault and um, like releasing like that to the Lord and just giving it to the father and um, really fully understanding. And then I remember getting like this picture um, of just like the Lord, like I like handed it to him and he like grabbed my hands and like, you're so worthy of love. And I was like, Mm. "Ah!" (laughs) Like, (laughs) like I am. And it was like, not until that moment where I really like, I had done like, um, I did DTS, um, through YWAM and we did like father's heart of God, father heart of God week. And that was such like a, like pivotal moment in my faith, but, um, in my relationship with the Lord, but really like a couple months down the road, like a couple years down the road, like really fully understanding that, like, actually I'm not the cause of people's pain. I'm actually like, mm. I'm actually worthy and deserving of love from other people but also from the lord and until i understand that i like i was searching for in in everybody else and all the other aspects Hmm. wow i don't know if that answers your question (laughs) (laughs) i think that's great what would you what would you tell to your younger self i would tell my younger self that that it's gonna be okay and that it wasn't your fault because I didn't believe that at that point. Mm -hmm. Uh, And I think I I tried to overcompensate for all of that by like being really good and um, trying to do everything to like a T so that I wouldn't create havoc. And, and then it ended up coming out sideways where I was like Mm -hmm. frustrated and had all these emotions. And um, yeah, I, I would tell probably my younger self to just like talk about it and to be open mm. and um, ask for help when I needed it. Because kind of what I did was I really like separated that aspect of my life and um, up until like a middle school, like mission trip. Mm-hmm. I, I never talked about it. I never like cried about it really. And like experienced how I was feeling. Um, and then all of these random emotions came up at this mission trip and I'm like chatting with this lady and just like, yeah, like so sad about my parents being divorced and didn't even know that that's like what, what I was Hmm. feeling. And, um, yeah, I would really tell that like my youngest self, not even like teenager or like teenager, um, that like people want to talk to you. People want to care, like talk to your parents about how you're feeling and like, see if they could change it or make it easier or I don't know. That's yeah. What I would say. Yeah. I don't know. And I, I want to, I also want to say that to not even younger people, just like talk about your emotions. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they're so valid and important. Yes. Yes. And even, you know, if we don't have the opportunity or, or we don't live in a family that facilitates mm. or welcomes open emotional communication, um, to, to just to work towards that as an adult. It's mm-hmm. so important. Yeah. And that is the importance of therapy. Can we yes. hear an amen? <laughs> and I know that you're a big, you're a big fan of, of therapy. I am. <laughs> and finding the right therapist, the person yeah. that's going to help you walk through a lot of this emotional trauma. And I know that you're walking through other, you know, other things that you've experienced mm-hmm. And, um, and 
And that is, um, it's a, that's an amazing thing to be able to be working with a professional um, to facilitate and help to sort through a lot of these emotional tangles. <laughs> and give that, language, really. Yes. Like give language to like, oh, this is how I was acting because of this, because of that. Oh, that's why I was mm-hmm. doing that? That makes sense. Like, yes. it's so important. And I it's think so important. even to like, even just hit on, I don't know if this is where you want to go or not, but when I was a kid, I, I've been in therapy my whole life off and on. And mm-hmm. I think I've done, I've done like play therapy when I was little. And then nice. like therapy where like both my mom and my dad were there and that was awful. I didn't like that. <laughs> <laughs> and then like all throughout middle school, high school, kind of off and on had therapies and I hated it and mm-hmm. it was awful. And even as an adult, I was like, challenge like Tori find a therapist Tori go to counseling go to therapy whatever and I'd do it and then I'd like hate it or like have a really bad experience or like a good experience and then I like wouldn't know what to do with that and then I'd like walk away (laughs) and now it was too good (laughs) I'm out of here (laughs) (laughs) and then that's where like even that worth piece like comes Hmm. in like I'm not worthy of that like it's too good to be true. It's going to be bad. She's going to leave. It's going to be, it's going to be this weird thing. And, um, I can happily say that I have found one now that I'm like sticking to and yeah, I love her. Yeah. Am I terrified that she's going to like stop being a therapist? Yeah. But like, can't live in that fear. Yeah. And you've made a lot of progress I have. just from being your friend and knowing and, ha- and yeah. having talked with you, Thank you about your experience with that, I think. Yeah. And And I think that that's really cool when you have a lot of these experiences of being able to process emotion over a long period of time. And you, you're now like, you're sitting in a place of being an adult, Mm -hmm. um, also seeing your younger siblings. You have pretty young siblings. Pretty young siblings. Yeah. My siblings range in age from like 28 all the way down to three years old. Yeah. So that's, that's a lot. And, and that's, that's a very wide range. How do you, how do you encourage your siblings? How do you, how are you there for them in being the, the older, wiser, (laughs) older sister? Yeah. Right now in this stage of my life, I really just try to like be consistent. Mm -hmm. Um, and in my life, I didn't have a lot of consistency Um, and so I, I look at an opportunity with my siblings. I really try to like consistently be the same, um, and not like be angry if like something happens or, you know, like very much like love them in the way that I would want to be loved. Or I, I like look at a scenario and I'm like, okay, so if I was them, how would I want to be like loved in this? And yeah. just like learning. I mean, I've been around kids my whole life mm-hmm. and just learning, um, yeah, just how to hold kids in that. And um, yeah, like one of my siblings are sad. I'm going to hold them and let them cry. If they're angry, yeah. I'm going to hold them and let them be angry. And yeah. if they're excited, like I want to know why they're excited. And mm-hmm. I think that, I think for most of my life, I didn't ever feel the freedom to express how I was feeling in my emotions. Mm -hmm. And I'm such a feeler. If anybody (laughs) could probably attest to that, you are, you could, um, such a feeler. And I, 
I'm like learning how to actually embrace my emotions for, Mm -hmm. for the fact that the Lord did give me emotions and Mm -hmm. give this like sense of like empathy. Like that's such a beautiful gift. Um, but it's also like not the end all be all right. So like what I'm feeling now isn't the actual answer or the actual like scenario. Um, and I think I'm learning and navigating that, Mm -hmm. like that balance between like, Tori, don't feel Tori feel like mm-hmm. which one kind of that middle of like, wow, Lord, thank you that I can experience this emotion and thank you that I'm not this or that yeah. or whatever that actually I'm joy, peace, you know, like that's what's actually yeah. inside of me. And um, yeah, I don't know. I think just being love for them mm-hmm. and loving them consistently. Um, I don't see them as much as I would like to because there's so many of them. <laughs> but- <laughs> <laughs> and and I also have to navigate that time, right? I have yeah. to be responsible with with my own my own time and um if I'm not my best self, I can't be the best for them. Kind totally. Of. Totally. So I'm learning that as well. But that's so good. Yeah. Look at you growing up. <laughs> no, I love that. Girl, this was I feel like this was really practical. Was there yeah. anything else that you wanted to touch on I mean we could we could go on we could talk for hours yeah I think about this yeah in regards to even like if you are divorced or getting divorced and you have kids um from like a kid's point of view I would just encourage you to like be consistent um in all aspects so like Mm. be consistent when your kids are at the dad's be consistent when the kids are at mom's like be in communication like Hmm. um express the same love like on both ends um I don't know that like that's that's a really good point that's something I would I would I would have liked to see like on my end of like and I think there's aspects that were really good in my life about that that did stay in very good contact because I didn't see him as much yeah Um, and I think it's okay for your kids to see that you're having a hard time, but just like expressing kind of where you're at and not, I don't know how to explain that really, because a lot of my life I like would see somebody sad and then think that I was the reason why they were sad. And so like expressing kind of like, yeah, like I'm really sad right now, but like, I love that you're doing this and like, you're really helpful Mm -hmm. in this, you know, like really encouraging instead of like just acting out in like an emotion that you're having. That's what I would. Yeah. I think it's so good to know and keep in mind that generally speaking, people are doing the best they can. Yeah. Yeah. And like your parents and I I hear you saying this too, like your, your parents were doing the best that they could. could. And, and when even, even in their divorce, that was the best that they, that's, that's the best decision that they felt was that mm-hmm. they could make at the yes. time, you know, like, and then the way that they're treating you, the way that they're reaching out to you or, or sharing time. I mean, generally speaking, people are doing the best that they can with the information that they have, with their emotional capacity, with their emotional intelligence. I mean, and so it's just so good to know and, and keep that in mind that when we're going through these things, Mm-hmm. people are trying their best and, yeah. and keep trying your best. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and if you are going through a divorce and you have kids, it's, 
you know, this is not going to be, yeah, it's not going to be easy. Mm-hmm. It's not the end of the world either. Yeah. And, and I mean, Tori, I'm so proud of you that you've walked through this and you, you, you even are still processing it. Mm-hmm. I think that's really good. I don't want this yeah. podcast to be like, you know, show this like, I don't know, to show like all of the bad sides of divorce, mm-hmm. but then I don't want it to show all the like perfect yeah. sides either, that this is a process. Yeah. And the Lord wants to redeem everything. And yeah, for sure. You know, this was not your choice. This was a choice that was made for you. Mm-hmm. But you're taking it and and processing it and doing your best with it. And yeah. um and I just I think that that's really encouraging. That's encouraging mm-hmm. for me. Yeah. So, Thank you for your willingness to share. Thank You're you. welcome. Thanks for having me. Here. Yeah, it's it it is a it's a tough topic to cover and it is. <laughs> I'm just blessed by you, my friend. Thank you so much for listening to this podcast. If you're enjoying it, please subscribe on iTunes, give it a rating, and write a review. That really does help me out. Share it with a friend as well because we never know what other people are going through. Remember, there is healing and redemption in Jesus. And there's always hope. Hope is my middle name. We'll see you next week.